All right, so last time we met, we learned Igeris HaKadosh Chov Zion, which was the Baltanis addressing the loss of his mentor, Rebbe Remendel of Atepsk, and was encouraging the Talmidim, the other Talmidim, that even though he's gone, but that there's actually an advantage to being able to relate to him through his... Torah and by emulating his ways um, and that the, he was no longer subject to the confines of his body and that therefore they were able to relate to different and higher and deeper components provided that they were Mikasha themselves to him. Now, in the Mamarm of the Middle Rebbe, his son, Dovber, there is a, an entire Contris, a booklet called Inyan Hishtatchus, the concept of why people go to the graves of Tzadikim. And it's not a long Contris, and he builds it on this letter from the Balatanya. But before we do this, I want to learn this piece of Marnaim because I think that the between the Marnaim and the Tanya, it's going to shed greater light on the what the Mittler Rebbe is teaching us about his his father. So this Maranayim is probably one of the most oft-quoted pieces in the Maranayim. The Maranayim was authored by Reb Nachum of Chernobyl, the uh, head of the Tversky dynasties, uh, was a disciple of primarily of the great Magad of Mizrich, but also frequented the Balshem Kodesh and my Maranayim is coming apart. Um, quotes him several times directly from things that he heard from him. So this is a piece in the second Sefer, which interestingly, I looked in my copy, which was printed in Pulna, and the whole second Sefer, Yismach Lev, is not in there. So they're, they're printed two separate svarim, which are now combined now into one in the Maranayim. So this is the first piece on Mesech the Shabbos. And as we're going to come to see in this piece, you will see why the world of the non-Hasidics found this to be so outrageous, heretical, um, just... You know, you get a glimpse into why there was a movement against the Chassidim. Amar Shlokish begins with the Gemara. It's a Gemara in Shabbos. Shlokish taught, Ma'ad Chassiv V'hoye emunas itecha Chesen Yeshua is Chachma V'das What does the Pesach mean when it says that the emuna of your I don't even know how to translate the simple translation so the Gemara darshans each word of this pasuk to refer to a different section of Mishnah. Emonas zesay dezroim. Emona refers to the order of zroim. And again, this beautiful drash is even the Masha and the others on that Gemara speak about you need a lot of emona to put a kernel in the ground and expect it to grow. Itacha, which means your times, clearly refers to say the Mayit. That's all about the different times of the year. Chaisen protection, zesay the that refers to the 
issues regarding marriage and divorce. Clearly, everybody needs protection. Yeshua's salvation, that refers to the laws of damages. Chachmas, Vidas, Taharis. Now, okay, so that's the Gemara. And the Gemara there goes on, talks about the requirement for needing Yerushalayim for fear of heaven. So the Tikkun is there. Right, Zehamaimer, Simen Zman Nokat. An acronym for these six words doesn't seem like any great deep thing. Easy way to remember it is Zayin Mem Nun Nun Kuftes. It seems almost embarrassingly, embarrassingly simple and like you know, like what's up with that? Well, why do you need that? says the Maranaim, clearly there's more to the Zohar than the letters. What is it trying to tell us by drawing our attention to Zman Nokat? Says the Maranaim that everybody knows Chazal tell us Sanhedrin that there were two thousand years of toyu of nothingness. and then there were two thousand years of Torah. and then there's two thousand years of the days of Mashiach. Now it's interesting. In one of the the later printing here, the Maranaim, they bring several different calculations of where the 2,000 years begin, whether they begin at creation or they begin from the time of Mount Torah. So there's, a, there's some controversy about that. What is this meaning? What is the meaning of 2,000 years of Torah? After all, even the 2,000 years now preceding Mashiach, there's a lot of Torah going on. So why aren't those days of Torah? The concept says the Maranaim who the Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai im kol When Hashem gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, He gave it to him with every single novel thought that any Talmud was going was destined to be Mechadish and Torah. With their names and with with all the details, Kiyadu Amidoshes Chazal is the the Gemara and the, the Yerushalmi brings this. And in fact, the the, the the you remember there's a famous Gemara where it says that Moshe Rabbeinu saw Rabbi Kiva, and then he said to Hashem, "Why don't you give the Torah through him?" Right. So Moshe Rabbeinu saw it all. Ach shenit shenesinas haTorah. The, that giving of the Torah, that is to say, his galus HaTorah, the revelation that's going to take place, everything that the future generations, everything that the future generations are going to reveal, that they're going to have a novel thought, it's all going to take place in a very specific time. Right? Ramayshu could not have written a truth about a microwave Ten years before he wrote it, because there wasn't one. 
and so on. Because that novel thought was not revealed until the Tana or the Amir came in his generation. And he revealed and he brought that novelty out in his days. So too, in each and every generation, until the point of 2,000 years, Notice how he stops. From the time of the Tanoim and the Amiraim and the Goinim, they established all of Torah in its correct place. They laid down all the foundations upon which everything else is built. And they created and revealed whatever novelties were relevant to their particular root of their neshama. Just in, in, in totally consistent with what Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashinai that that time, that Amir, that Goyen was going to reveal. Okay? Those 2,000 years from the day the Torah was given, all of it was the, a continuation of the giving of the Torah. So it started at Harsinai, and the Torah was kept on being given for a period of 2,000 years. That's the meaning of 2,000 years, meaning it was an uninterrupted succession of the giving of the Torah. But from that point on, there was nothing new. Because even the fact that you have people of brilliance, of tremendous brilliance, right? Or Pinchas Friedman, and and, and uh, week after week, he's unbelievable. He's a machine. He's coming up with with novelty after novelty, and and, and many other Kinara Kinara Klal has. Is has many gedolei Torah that are are being mechadish in Torah. Hudaver shekvar amru echad shahayim ma'isin shnei alafim Torah. It's already been said in those generations of that two thousand year period. V'zeinai elish shachayzer adavahu. What's happening now is that this person is going back and reviewing that. V'ena chidish and it's not. Really, a novelty, because that level of true chiddush in Torah was finished at the two thousand year point. That's what the Tukun was telling us. There is a specific time, because those six sections, which are the main component of the revealed Torah, Hazman Noktekama, they were limited by time. until it was finished in the days of Rebbe who finished Mishnahis. Because that was how it was required to be originally. Everything had its time that it needed to come out. When that tzaddik and that wise man came, each one, that which was relevant to their root of their neshama, that's when it came out. So it couldn't have happened until whoever it was when the 2,000 years was up.
אך אויסם הצדיקים הגדולים, but I want to tell you something, גבלדק, he says, that those great tzaddikim, Shahoyu Balaruch HaKodesh, the people that had a divine spirit, Kigarim Shimon Bayechoy V'chaver, like the masters of the Zohar. Hen B'madregah Shalomaylam and Azman, they were not limited by time. Kiruach HaKodesh Hoyad, because when a person has access to Ruach HaKodesh, they are not limited by the confines of time. In his time saw even what we today are going to be Mechadish. So if your people who are tied into Ruach HaKodesh are not limited by time. For this reason we find in the Zoyar. You find in the Zoyar something really problematic that some fools, to be nice, used to attempt to disprove that the Zoyer came from Rabbi Shimon because he mentions Rabbi Babachana who came 400 years later. So clearly it's a forgery and therefore it couldn't have possibly been him. Like the people who were trying to forge it couldn't figure that out, right? Says the Marnaim that the issue is that Rabbi Shimon was not bound by time. Because these people, as Moshe Rabbeinu had Torah revealed to him, so do did Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yuchoy have Torah revealed to him, and even the Torah that was going to be revealed in a much later time. Okay, and that's why they were able to see this. For this reason, Moshe Rabbeinu was shown by Hashem kol everything that a Talmud was going to reveal through this Ruach HaKodesh that he had and understand this now let me just share with you one of the things that he says in, in the Moranayim writes in Parshas Tzav he adds a knech that the reason Reb Shimon Bayuchoy and Moshe Rabbeinu were able to access through the Ruach HaKodesh the Torah that was going to be revealed later is because their approach to Torah was always to seeking the Oragonus, the hidden light that was in Torah. When you have access to the Oragonus, to that hidden light, you are no longer bound by time and by space. Okay, here we go. We didn't get to the controversial part yet. He's just laying the foundation. And now in the later generations, in our times, when we learn any of the Torah, any words of a Tana or a Chacham, that is, we just discussed that the Torah that they delivered was not just some intellectual fancy footwork, but it related to the source of their neshama. It was their life source. 
And a person today who studies and speaks their words, he cleaves, he engages his mind and his life source into the words that he's studying at that time, and he's accessing the life source and the chiyus of the tzaddik who said the words, nikri istavkus rucha brucha. That is called the connection of the person's spirit to the spirit of the, per, the, the learner to the one who said that to Ulakach mechaya oisai. Look at this. And for this reason, a person today can be learning the words of Abaya and he is resurrecting Abaya. He's giving life to Abaya Shemachnes Achiyas Badiburim by his instilling a life source into the words that Abaya said then. So he is reinfusing and reinvigorating and giving life to the words which were his neshama, and he's, he's reliving. So by our learning the words of the tzaddikim of previous generations, we're bringing them back to life. This is what Chazal intended when they said that if you say something, if you say the words of a tzaddik who is no longer alive, his lips are moving in the grave. Says the Maranayim that it is possible to say that this is the concept of visiting of, of the, the term Ishtatchus literally meant that they used to lay, lay themselves out on the graves of tzaddikim. So he's saying, don't, we're not talking about actually the grave of the tzaddik. I'm talking about learning the words of the tzaddik. Because in the words of the tzaddik, that's where he's really buried. That's where the true life source of that tzaddik is interred it's in his words. And the person who's learning when he enters those words with his living life source, and he's entering into the world of the chius and the meichen of the tzaddik who hid his life source in his words. That's a connection of one spirit to the other. And therefore, and his lips are moving in the grave. As this concept that I am sharing with you was taught by the Balshem Tov. This concept of learning the words of a tzaddik is really the, the real essence of going to the grave of a tzaddik. Shehem dvereyem. It's referring to what is the caver of a tzaddik? Where is he really buried? In his words. Shalom and Damascus, Ayyam Alayma, that the words that he, the learner is learning, or the Kach Mechayim Meichel Shal Isa Tzaddik, he's giving life back into the mind of that tzaddik. Vahavan understand this well. So going and learning those words is a greater connection than is going to the grave of the tzaddik. Now, again, this wasn't the controversial part. Vinay, 
Behatayra yesh pshat remesh drush inside. The Zayah tells us, and this is brought in all this forum, that I, there's four levels in the study of Torah. Pshat, the meaning, the simple understanding. Remez is that those things that are pointed and alluded to, like Gematria, Rosh Tevis. Drush, I never figured out a good way to translate Drush. And Soid is the Kabbalistic, mystical meaning. Here we go. V'nikri pshat. What is pshat? Pshat, he says, why is the simple understanding called pshat? Sha'af lahavin ha-pashut min Because in able to understand even the simplest levels of Torah, tzarech lahavshit ha-levushim ha-ovim sha'atorah Pshat means to uncover, to disrobe. If you want to learn Torah, you have to be willing to take it out of its simple context. So all the people who are obsessed with Pshat and that I'm only learning Pshat are missing the boat. Because he's saying that even someone who wants to learn pshat needs to learn it in such a way that he's willing to take it out of its simple meaning. Because there are many, many garments upon the Torah. In this chain effect, Malbush from the finest, from the most edel explanation to the thickest, to the most coarse. Ad to the point that when we're learning the simplest meanings, we should understand that we are learning the coarsest aspect of that Dvatar. I'm telling you that even if you want to learn the simplest levels of Torah, a person must you got to get rid of the simplest, the, the coarsest, easiest access point. And then you'll be able to understand the real pshat. And to the degree that a person will take off more of those coverings, peeling away an onion, layer after layer after layer, you'll see deeper and deeper. Until you'll see it on the level of Remez, and then the Drush, that's why it's called pshatu meloshen hafshet. It comes from a language of removing, of undressing. La hafshet alavushim to take off those garments. Because the purpose of studying Torah is to unify Hashem with His shchina. Liachedu ledavik to make one and to connect. What's the point of learning Torah? Listen to this. This is as clear as anybody's ever made it. The purpose to learn Torah, whatever it is, is to connect the godliness that is concealed within us, 
Hashoichem b'tachtoinim, that level of godliness of the Shechina that dwells within Klal Yisrael, Behakoil, and connected into its source, Shehu Ein Tzayf Baruch to connect it with the infinite, which is concealed in Torah. Shehu Said, that's the purpose, Masha'anu Oymrim, why we constantly say, L'Shem Yichud Kudshabrichu, we say we want to unify Hashem and Hashem before we perform any physical mitzvah, any intellectual mitzvah, any dibur mitzvah. We, we say my purpose is to unify the godliness within me to the Rebbeinu Shalalem. What's that yichud? That yichud is lost and dveikas. It's a language of connection. By performing the mitzvah, by learning the Torah, Nidabek atzmenu, we connect ourselves to our source. With the godliness that's within us, that's all we have. It's a pasuk. I'm not making this up. The neshama is a portion of God. We are literally portions of kaviyochel. So. What is the purpose of Torah and Mitzvahs? The purpose of the study of Torah and the performance of Mitzvahs is Lidabik Hachelik to connect the part, Shenikra Shechina, which is referred to as that which dwells within us, Hashoichen Bisachin, it's called the Shechina, with the Shechina is in us, Ela Shayrish to its root. Because if that is not what our intent is as we study Torah, then we are separators of God. We're, we're separating the Rabbi Shalom from his Torah. We're making it into its own pursuit, a pursuit unto itself that is not for the purpose of connecting us in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we're doing horrible damage to the world. Mm-hmm. And for this reason, just as in physical intimacy, because the Pesach says that we should use our own bodies as a symbol to understand godliness. Therefore, just like when it comes to physical intimacy, there is supposed to be disrobing. So too, at any time that there's going to be a unification between a human being and you got to get rid of the garments. And the garments are pshat of Torah. The Torah is the Kala. She is the Murasa. She's the engagement. I have not understand this. That if we're going to create a unity between Akadish Baruch Hu, and the Shechina, the way to do it is by recognizing that what we're seeing is only a Malbush, it's only a garment. And we have to look beneath the garment of and the expression of the simple pshat of Torah in order to understand its deeper levels. How does one do that? How is it possible for a simple person, simple people like us, 
to be able to gain any insight other than Halavai, we should understand Pshat. We Mitzchazach with Dafyomi and with with Mishnayos with everything. Halavai, Halavai, we should understand Pshat. How in the world are we supposed to gain any deeper insight? Says the Maranayim becholz ayidei shetaktim loy hayira. The way to access what's inside is by introducing the concept of. God fearingness before we start to learn because as the Gemara tells us the gate to Torah is Yiras Shamayim Kimi Belada Yira, because if there's no awe, if there's no sense of, wow, this is absolutely amazing, I am going to take my feeble little mind and try to gain insight into Chachmas Hashem. And that is not awe inspiring. Then I can guarantee you one thing there is, will be no revelation. Of, there'll be no removal of any Malbush of Torah. And they will not see the truth in Torah. The beginning of any true wisdom is Yiras Hashem, is the fear of Hashem. Before we come to any true wisdom, which is the truth that lies under the surface of the Torah, there has to be God fearingness. Baruch Hashem li'olam, amen v'yamen. The Mogan Avram from the Tirske Magid brings on Parshas Vayigash that this was the meeting of Yehuda and Yosef. That Yehuda represented Tfilah, which is Yerushalayim. Yosef represented Torah. And as, as there was the meeting of these two um powers, the Echad, the Echad Yigashu, that these two powers came together, that that was the revelation. He says, Be Adoni, within me is concealed godliness. And therefore, if we're going to speak words of Torah, it has to be preceded by Yerushalayim, which is Tefillah. And um, not only does this uh, piece of Maranayim illuminate what the Baltani was talking about in letter of Zion about the fact that even after a tzaddik is gone that we're able to gain access to him through his Torah and become true a, a Talmud of a person through studying their Torah but he's saying it's literally a connection of our life sites with their life source it's a stavkas rucha berucha but it's always by approaching it, not just that I want to understand their words, but I want to gain insight into their essence, into what is concealed behind those words, the Yerushalayim that they brought to it. Um, he says there that, that the, uh, the Magen Avram says that one similar Dover is you have people who spend many hours learning before the davening. And by the time they get to davening, they're completely wiped out and they have no strength to daven. He says all that is is a sign that the learning was learning for the sake of wisdom, for the sake of their own self-aggrandizement. It has nothing to do with wanting to access the Yerushalayim. Because if it did, then it would infuse their davening with energy and, and power, and it would, it would transform them into a, um, a, a davening of, of uh, fervor and, and excitement. 
So this piece contains many, um, you know, many different Zman, you know, the, the whole issue of Zman Nokat, that, the, the, that these Tzadikim existed outside of the limitations of time. Um, gives us a, a glimpse into how it is that there were Tzadikim who didn't have time to uh, spend as much time as they wanted to in Limitatur, and yet they were a, a overflowing uh, wellspring of, of Chiddush and Torah because they were able to access the, the deeper aspects of the secrets of Torah. I was listening once to a recording of Rabbi El Khan, and at the time they released a um, an explanation of a sugya in Baba Metzia Schneimerks and Metalis the Mishnah there you have two people holding onto a talis and this one says I it's all mine this one says it's all mine and he explained the whole thing I think it was the Lubavitcher Rebbe the Rahu explained the whole thing according to the deeper pshat that it was the talis was the neshama was the gof whatever it was it was a whole much deeper thing and, and he overheard some people mocking this way of learning are you kidding can you, can you imagine like you know they're taking a mission and a sugimabatsi and learning it that it's referring to something deeper and he didn't quote the Marnayim but Dribiel says that it just shows how clueless someone has can be about the Taqlis of Lima Torah. Here he's telling us that to the degree that a person is going to remove more garments, they will have access to the deeper a- uh, aspects of Torah. And those deeper aspects are closer to the Levush Dak, to the essence, to the, to the source of it. And who is mocking who? The person who's learning it on a, a kindergarten level is mocking the the one you know is mocking Einstein who's who's, who's you know got some in, some true insight into what it's about so it's it, you know and here the Marnaim spells it out that, that by by understanding as we approach that even pshat cannot be understood without approaching it as how am I going to understand this on a deeper level then um, we've missed the boat of the purpose of Limudatayr. And the one thing that he, he mentions here that the um, he mentions here uh, he says about the the I think it's Yerushalmi also that when a person learns Torah this member that he mentions here from the Baal Shem Tov. Okay, so he brings in the same that when a person learns, for instance, a memra, a saying of Rava, he should conjure up the image of Rava standing there and speaking those words. And if he does so, then he will draw upon himself the true chius of the, the words that Rava was speaking. And that that's this concept of Sivsais of David's behavior. And that's maybe Gu'ula la'olam, he says, even 
and there's a physical aspect that he's able to bring life back into the body of that tzaddik. So that it's very consistent with what we learned last week that there is a level of nefesh that remains with the body of the tzaddik in the grave and by connecting to this level of the neshama of the tzaddik it re-energizes even the, the, uh, the body of the tzaddik that's left in this world. Next week we'll learn some of the uh, um, extrapolation and the, the uh, embellishment of the Mittler Rebbe into his father's words. Oh.